Welcome, everybody, to the Tiffany Talks podcast show, where we discuss holistic health, healing, and helping others in 30 minutes or less. I'm Tiffany Patlin, your self-healing specialist and best-selling author of Unlocking Your Ability to Heal, Reinvent Your World Mentally, Physically, and Spiritually. Let's get started. Our special guest today is Jennifer Takagi. I hope I pronounced that right, and I hope you guys can hear me okay because my throat has been a little scratchy um, from being sick, so I'm going to do my best to give her an amazing introduction. So Jennifer Takagi, after a stellar career in the housing industry, Jennifer fulfilled her dream to start her own business as a speaker and trainer. She is certified as a soul care coach. Success Principles Trainer, Professional Behavioral Analyst, analyst, Change Style Indicator Facilitator, Coaching Specialist, Leadership Expert, as well as a five-time Amazon Kindle bestselling author. (laughs) Woohoo! And as a soul care coach, Jennifer helps entrepreneurs uncover the shortest path to their highest level of success, utilizing her intuitive gifts and Akashic business readings. Clients achieve immense clarity on the next best steps, increase confidence and alignment between gifts, purpose, and mission. Let us welcome Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hello, hello, hello Tiffany. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I just finished facilitating a class for the great state of Oklahoma and ready to keep it going today. I love that. That is so awesome. Um, I know that when we first met, I was in love with your title, a soul care coach. I feel like the world, you know, it was all about focusing on health, you know, physical health there for a while, exercise and nutrition. And then it went to the world of mental health. And I feel like now we're starting to look more into spirituality, which is one of the three keys to wellness that I teach. So I love what you do. Um, please share with us how it is that you got started in all of this. Well, it goes way back. And hopefully, you know, three hours is enough for us to get through this. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. As a kid, I always believed. I always believed in God. It was never a question. I was born on a Monday. My first time in church was the next Sunday. And I always knew I always had a connection. And my first really strong prayer as a kid It was coming up on kindergarten and I started praying diligently that I would be hit by a bus and I didn't have to go to kindergarten. Now, mind you, I don't know that I'd ever even seen a bus, but that was what I wanted to happen. My mom, every time we'd get in the car, she'd go over all the things you had to know to go to kindergarten. And it was just overwhelming. 
Well, God in his infinite wisdom knew better. <laughs> I did not get hit by a bus and I did go on to graduate high school and college. So, you know, there's a better plan for all of us out there. Yes. yes. And little things would happen. And I just like, I acknowledge them as, oh yeah, you know, I think I got a little spiritual, you know, tap on the shoulder or a little guidance here and there, but I didn't really put a whole lot into it until this day. And my godmother had told me, very strong Christian woman, you know, when God talks to you, it may not make any sense, but it's not scary. Hmm. And when Satan talks to you, it's very scary. It's very critical. It's very harsh. And I can remember at the time thinking, oh, good to know, but I just missed it. And for all of you out there, you can call it God. You can call it universe. You can call it Mother Earth. Call it whatever you want. It's something bigger than we are. Right. I personally just refer to it as God. And so on this one morning, I woke up and I was sick. I was so sick. And I had bronchitis and I was just coughing up a lung and don't be judgy, but I smoked and I was sitting at the kitchen table, smoking a cigarette thinking, do I go to work? Do I stay home? Do I, go? I had a lot to do. Do I go to work? Do I stay home? Mm. And this calm, gentle, soothing voice said, stay home and take care of yourself. This very harsh, critical voice said, you need to go to work. You need to get ready for this um, deadline that's coming up. You've got this luncheon meeting. I mean, like literally my whole to-do list was, you know, thrown in my face as I sat at the kitchen table. And finally, I thought with this gentle voice saying, stay home, take care of yourself. I thought, okay, I'll compromise with this. Hmm. I would go in and say I'll be there about noon. So I call in, I sound terrible, and I'm like, oh, it's I'm sick. Like, She's like, <laughs> you should not come to work. And I said, oh, I'll try to be there at noon if I feel better. I had been reading this book, and I sat down to read, thinking, you know, when I'm vertical for a while, you know, I'll, I'll get better. I did not get better. And at 9.02, the entire house shook. And it ended up being the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh. And I, I worked in that building. It was my building. And those were my friends. And that was my office. And the building literally sheared off just south of my desk. And so, oh. like, I would have been killed with 35 of my friends and colleagues and my boss. And I'm often asked, do you have survivor's guilt? It, actually, it's not a question. It's a demand. You had survivor's guilt, right? Mm. No, I never did. Because I knew in the depths of my soul that I was not supposed to be there that day. Now, I can't reconcile why, all the, why the other people were killed. I can just say I know I wasn't supposed to be there. So as time went on, little things would happen here and there. And now I'm paying a little more attention and a little more attention and a little more attention. And I'm given the opportunity to retire or relocate after I had spent a year traveling the country training people. 
And it was like, I'm out of here. Like I can't, it, it couldn't be any clearer that I need to go and I need to do this. So I have focused solely on leadership development training. I don't really share my story about the bombing much. I've been encouraged to share it more and I'm trying to share it more. And I ended up on this path where I, I work spiritual intuitive on healing past hurts. And, and then I ended up having numbers read and that was like, what? And (laughs) I, um, my birth chart read and she said, you have an enormous spiritual team. Do you know that? And I was like, well, yeah, but okay. So then I ended up having a second Akashic records reading and Akashic records are just, it's the message on your soul. And they refer to it as a library and it just opens up and whichever book, whichever page, whenever you have your records open, what's on that page basically is what is revealed. And it's through your spirit team. It's divine. It's it's divinely driven and given. And it's a gift. And I had my records read by this fabulous woman named Deanne. And she goes, oh, by the way, you're extremely clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient. You have all the clears. You just have never tapped into them. So on the whole, she has a program and a course and I went through it and I got to the end and I thought, I love this. Then I get an email that says, you are now a certified soul care coach. And I was like, who knew? You know, (laughs) Uh, I I like to tell people and, and the people who are really on a track of life don't want don't want to hear it, but like sometimes life just happens and you just kind of go along and do the next thing and the next thing. And so here I am building a successful business. I'm paid to do readings. I help clients get the next step. Like what is the next thing? And every reading I have done. The response has been, I was thinking about doing that. And the reason is because it's already there. It's your intuition. It's your gut. It's that third eye. It's whatever you want to call it. It's that, you know, you get a tingle up your spine and think, I need to go this way. And so it's just been an awesome, fun journey with a lot of bumps and bruises and hiccups and smooth sailing. It's been a little bit of it all. That's a beautiful story, and I'm not sure what the right words are to say, but you know, I'm sorry that 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 happened. You know, and that you, you know, people that were close to you with what happened with that bombing. But that is, it's just beautiful to learn about somebody's story. That's powerful. Knowing you knew that you were not supposed to be there, God, your higher power, He was prompting you, and. It's, do you feel like the devil was the one that was over here telling you, go to work, go ahead, go, you should go. You have all this stuff to do, go. <laughs> That's what that was? Or you can call it the devil, you can call it a lower vibration. Make advantage um, you, yeah. You know, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. But like to bring this all home, <laughs> I, I went to Miami last week for a conference, I was on Miami Beach. And I was flying home Saturday morning when I got to the airport in Oklahoma city. I'm in Oklahoma city, by the way, when I got to the airport Wednesday to fly, 
I listen to a lot of audiobooks and I wanted to make sure my phone was fully charged for my adventure. So I pull out my charger, plug it in. I'm at one of those high top, you know, areas at the airport where you can sit and charge your phone. And a custodian comes up to me and says, excuse me, ma'am, did you drop this ponytail holder? And it was like hot pink. It was mine. You know, it was mine. <laughs> and I said, oh, no. And he goes, are you sure? And I said, well, I mean, even if I did, it's been on the floor and I have others. So just throw it away. I went to the University of Oklahoma. I want to watch the OU Texas football game. I'm a huge football fan. I'm born and bred, sooner born and bred, bleed crimson and cream. I want to watch the game, but my flight home is going to interfere. It's going to be a problem. And what happens? My flight's canceled. Not only is it postponed, I think, for later in the day, it's postponed to the next day. Oh, no. And I casually tell these people who became my little BFFs at the airport, I could just rent a car and get home faster. This is just stupid. Mm. We go out to breakfast. I look at my phone. My flight is not later that day. It's later the next day. The next day. Jeez. Well, now I'm not even nice anymore. So I go up to the counter. I actually was nice, but I dropped a lot of F-bombs with a smile on my face. I was like, I need to get home. And she goes, you can't go home till tomorrow, but I'll put you on an earlier flight. Direct. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. So I'm here I am in Atlanta. I said, what about a hotel? And she goes, good luck. No. I get my little app out. I book a hotel at the airport, I think. I find the shuttle. That's a trick. I get to the hotel. Room isn't ready. Do you have a bar? Do you have alcohol? Is it open? And do you have a TV? I want to watch my game. So I'm drinking beer, watching my game. Nobody's there. So I do not do my normal cheering. Watching the game. I collect all my stuff and tell the bartender, I'm going to run to the bathroom and be right back. Come back. And this young man's sitting right next to my seat. But he didn't know it's my seat because they clean everything off. We get to talk, and I know he's thinking, why did she sit right next to me? The whole bar is open. And I'm like, this is my TV, buddy boo. You're going to deal with me. We watch the game. He's a Texas fan. We have a very fun time watching the game. OU won, by the way, for those of you who don't watch football. I go to pay my tab, and I said, hey, my room's ready. I'll just put that on my room. So I go up to my room. The little phone thing won't work. I go back to the front desk and I was like, hey, my thing doesn't work. It's just, ma'am, you're at the wrong hotel. No. Okay, so I'm going to spare you all the details because they sent <laughs> me to another wrong hotel before I got to the right hotel. Mm. And I said, am I at the right hotel? And she said, yes, ma'am. I said, oh, thank goodness. I wonder if this thing will work because you're the third hotel I've been out today. <laughs> she said, do you just want a room key? And I went, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> He has me a room key. And I said, you know, funny story. I've been hanging out, drinking in the bar, had a really good burger and fries, watching my football game at the wrong hotel all day. Wow. She goes, oh, our bar opens, our sports bar, in six minutes. If I had been at the right hotel, I would have missed my game completely. And I would not have had a lovely time talking to the bartender and the young man next to me, having beer, eating burgers, because I would have been at the right hotel and their bar wasn't even open. 
They didn't even have a TV. My room wouldn't have been ready. I would have been sitting there by myself, not watching my game. And upset from everything that's been happening. <laughs> on top of I, it. I get to my hotel. I finally get in my room. And I, my, I, like, I've been up for, you know, 12, 13 hours at this point. Uh, I thought, I'm going to put my hair in a ponytail and I'm going to take a shower because I have no luggage. Right. Oh. So, like, I don't want to wash my face and wash my hair because I don't have a blow dryer. I don't have makeup. I don't have anything. And I dump my whole entire little carry on bag that I bring on the plane with all my masks and my business cards and my little purse. I don't have a rubber band to save my soul. Oh, no. The pink rubber band. <laughs> the, pink, the universe was telling me on Wednesday, you need this pink rubber band. But no, I was too bougie for that. <laughs> I don't need that rubber band. I don't need a stinking rubber band. I literally, and I need to find it so I can keep it forever. I probably need to have it framed. I took my name tag off the lanyard and wrapped the lanyard up. And put my hair in a ponytail with the lanyard. Anything, huh? <laughs> I wake up the next morning at a little after four. I have no idea what time it is. It's pitch black. I pick up my phone. It's four something. My flight's at 9.15. I can't take a shower and get all ready, right? Because I just need to take the little shuttle train to the terminal. My flight has been canceled, not delayed, not rebooked. It is oh. in bright red letters, canceled. Can't you get a break? <laughs> and I thought, I am getting a car. I'm getting a car and I'm making this drive because I'm so stupid. I said yesterday I could drive home faster. I'm getting a freaking car. I blah, 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 get to the airport, to the Hertz counter. And I was like, I walk up and... The lady is not any happier to see me than I am to see her. And I said, I need a car. I need it now. I need to be able to drive it to Oklahoma City and deliver it to the Will Rogers Airport. I'm not bringing it back. And I want it now. Please and thank you. And she goes, with an attitude like that, you should have shown up with coffee and breakfast. Wow. <laughs> and I said, if I had had any coffee and breakfast, I'd have brought you some, but I haven't had it. <laughs> so let's go. So in the end, she gets me a car. I drive like almost three hours. I am in at Bucky's. I love me some Bucky's in Alabama, Leeds, Alabama. I have to buy a cooler, a bag of ice, some diet pop, some bottles of water, some protein, some snacks, some candies. I can't, I can't do a 12-hour road trip without snacks. Right. Like, it's not possible. I don't think so anybody can. <laughs> ever. So I get everything together. I do a Facebook Live. My phone rings off the hook. 11 and a half hours later, I arrive at our trailer at the lake, which, thank God, is two and a half hours closer than coming all the way here. And I got there fine. And people are saying, you know, on my Facebook feed, oh, what a nightmare. Okay. Was it a nightmare? I was safe. I was in a car with Bluetooth. So I listened to two audiobooks, actually one and a half to get technical. It had cruise control. I set cruise on 85 and I went. I had snacks. I had, I, you know, I stopped and got gas every time I potty to make sure I didn't end up in the middle of nowhere. Right. I had GPS that got me there. Was it inconvenient? A little bit. 
Did the universe show me exactly how my words created my reality? Ooh. So that now on Wednesday, I'm on your show. I, and I'm going to do videos because there's way more detail in, in my adventures. I bet. But it solidifies everything that has happened my whole life. Like starting in kindergarten, dear God in heaven, please let me get hit by a bus so I don't have to go to kindergarten in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> and guess what? The answer was no. Jennifer, stay home. Take care of yourself. You're sick. Yeah. So it all comes together. Everything works together. We don't always know why. Right. Till after, right? Like you did with the pink rubber band. At the time, <laughs> we're, you're just oblivious. It's like, eh, it's been on the floor now, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, I'm having a crappy day anyway. And then all of a sudden, I need the pink rubber band. That's happened to me before. <laughs> so everybody watching this, if you have a pink rubber band, you're going to be holding on that for dear life. You're going to be putting it in the little zipper pocket of your purse to make sure you, like, I don't know how many times I pull something out and a rubber band pops out. And I have three of them. I have three of them right next to me <laughs> because I, you, because with long hair, you need it. Well, in reality, like in public, I don't ever put my hair in a rubber band. Like I just, I don't, I mean, this is just kind of my daily whatever, but if I'm on a boat, if I'm on the beach, if it's super hot, I mean, I will. So yeah, everybody get yourself a pink rubber band. And when you drop it and someone hands it to you, take it. Like, Thank you. <laughs> I love that. You know, um, there was a time where I was pregnant and I had my second son in his uh, little carrier and I went to go pick up my other son who was at school and the car was parked. My husband had parked it in a spot where the side of it, I don't know how to explain it, was really slanted and I didn't find out till later, but he had actually thought about moving the car, but he didn't. That was his, that was his intuition. That was God giving, telling him because what ended up happening is when I went to the car, I fell and I'm, I'm pregnant and I'm carrying the baby. Every Everybody was fine. Nobody got hurt, but I fell and I called my husband and I told him all about it. And that's when he told me. And little by little, we started noticing those things, those, those intuitions, your inner voice. It's there. It's telling you something and we need to listen to that more. Do you have any tips like how we can better, you know, tune in better to listen to that? Well, I would say the first thing is you need to, I, I'm big on, on 12 minutes. Um, I did a talk and I was supposed to say like, you know, how to take 5% more responsibility for your life. And I didn't know what 5% was. And I broke it down in a four hour period. That's 12 minutes. So I'm, I'm now I'm like a goo. I wrote a book on how to, how to reach your goals in 12 minute increments. So spend 12 minutes, like turn everything off, set the timer on your phone. If you want some pretty music in the background, whatever, but just spend about 12 minutes thinking about all the things that seemed like synchronicity. Mm. It seemed like harmony and just put it together because it wasn't until I started realizing all the things that had happened that I realized that, yeah, this has been happening a long time. I just didn't know it. I mean, like, uh, okay, I have to tell the story now that I thought of it. 
I wanted to be a cheerleader. I lived in Dallas, Texas. The biggest thing in the world was being a cheerleader. When I grew up, I was going to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader and marry a Dallas Cowboy. I didn't know that that really didn't happen. The cheerleaders and the, the football players didn't really interact. But that was my goal. That was my goal. And I tried out for cheerleader. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. Dear God, please let me be cheerleader. And if I don't make it, make me be glad that I didn't make it. So now kindergarten, I just wanted to be hit by a bus, but right. now, now I'm, I'm 12 and I've learned, I need a caveat to that prayer. Obviously I didn't want to be cheerleader people. Are you with me? I didn't want to be cheerleader. I pray diligently. I try out for cheerleader and I didn't make it. And I bawled and I squalled and I was so sad. And it was like, God, please, please show me why I'm happy. I didn't make it. We have a random ice storm, cold front. One evening, there's a football game. Those cheerleaders are in those cute little outfits with their little bobby socks and their pom-poms and their little skinny legs freezing absolutely to death. And I'm in the pep club in the stands and I have on jeans and I have on boots and I have on a sweater. I have on a coat. I have on a hat. I have on mittens. I don't wear gloves. I wear mittens still to this day. I'm a mitten girl. And I'm cold, but I'm not as cold as them. And right. I literally remember thinking, God, this is why I didn't make cheerleader. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, so we have those things. We just haven't, number one, we haven't taken time to connect the dots. As Steve Jobs says, you can't connect the dots in front of you, but you can connect the dots behind you. Take 12 minutes, connect the dots. The other thing is we're never quiet. You can't be given information unless you're quiet. You have to be quiet. You have to be still to let it come in. If you're constantly doing, if you're constantly going, if you never stop, you can't receive the messages. So you have to be open to receive and you have to be quiet. Yes. You have to be quiet. And my friends and colleagues that died that horrible, tragic day, they were in meetings. They were on phone calls. They were in training sessions. They they were doing work, concentrating so hard. I believe with all of my heart and all of my soul, God was yelling and screaming at them, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. And they could not hear. Wow. I agree with that. Um, it's true. We need to spend quiet time alone. And something that I've learned is that a lot of people who have suffered a lot of pain or trauma and have that suppressed, it's really hard for them um, to be quiet because all of those suppressed thoughts will crowd their mind. So they have to play music constantly or have a TV in the background or be distracted or they become an, a workaholic or this or that because they don't want to be alone. But in order to connect spiritually, I love what you said. We have to connect the dots and spend time alone quietly to be open to receive those messages. Those are great, great tips. Um, can you also share with us for our audience and our listeners how you help people as a soul care coach? So I help people by doing an Akashic reading, tapping into their soul. And I work mostly with entrepreneurs and it's a business reading. Like what is your next best step 
what should you do or what is available to you? And I'll tell you, on every single call that I've had, I've never had somebody say, wow, I never thought of that. <laughs> every single time I get, I was thinking about doing that. Like I was thinking about that. And it, it literally gives people clarity. It gives them confidence to take that next step. And it helps them to know that they have alignment between their mission and their purpose and their actual talents. Like, what is my next step? One lady, I just loved talking to her. She was like, I have three businesses. Which one should I focus on? And I was thinking, holy crap, holy, I don't, I don't know. But it's never me, right? We are tapping into the divine, into your soul. Your soul has its message. And so... I just help uncover and unveil what you already know. I love that. I, I really do. Cause, and I, I resonate with that because I believe that we all have the answers within. And that's pretty much what you're saying and what you help people do. You just help them, you know, the answers are inside there. Let's pull them out. <laughs> well, and I always heard that too. I've been an entrepreneur for seven years now. I've worked with a lot of coaches. I've had some great successes and some you know, pretty monumental failures in my opinion, because it didn't turn out how I wanted it. <laughs> but every one of those adventures led me to hear that I would have never done. I would have never been open to. And if that idea of, they would say the answer's within you. And I'm like, yeah, but where, like, where <laughs> is it within me? And it wasn't until I learned how to tap into that intuition and how to read my own records. Like I was doing a training. I was like, I don't even know what to say. Open my records and just, I had the whole thing put together because it was on my soul. It was divinely provided to me. I love it. Love it. Love it. So as we come to the end of our show, can you share with our audience uh, your favorite quote, a mantra, a thought, anything that you love that you go by? Um, okay. So this just, you know, popped into my head out of nowhere, but when I am trying to heal a hurt, whether it's an emotional hurt, a physical hurt, um, kind of like an emotional thing, like somebody hurt my feelings or whatever. It's like with every breath that I take with every beat of my heart, my blood is completely infused with the oxygen it needs to heal me, you know, inside and out. And so I will sit there and breathe and I will breathe in and I'll breathe out. And I'll say with every beat of my heart, with every breath that I take, my blood is oxygenated and healthy and doing what it needs to do to heal me. And so, um, that's what just came to mind, Tiffany. <laughs> I think I think God downloaded that to you because someone out there needed to hear it. So if this resonates with you, that was a special message just for you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on the Tiffany Talks podcast show. I love the work that you're doing. You are going to help so many people. And uh, be sure to check out Jenny. Her information is at the bottom of the screen. It'll also be in the uh, threads. Um, you can also watch her, uh, this episode on YouTube and yeah. So thank you so much. And I will be seeing you soon, Jennifer. All right. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 
So thank you, everybody. Uh, that was the amazing Jennifer Takagi. And I just wanted to let everybody know, thank you for watching the show, whether you watched it live or on replay. And feel free to let me know what's something that you learned from this amazing episode or what your thoughts are or share with us your stories. I'm sure you guys have some stories. I'd love to hear some more stories about intuition and that inner voice. Um, feel free to invite your friends, your family, follow, like, watch on YouTube, subscribe, all the things. And I am Tiffany Patlin signing off until the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye.